Okay, what's up, guys? Wednesday, August the 10th, 2022. What's going on? Appreciate you all tuning in. Chris Phillips here of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. What's up? What's up? What's up? We are getting after it. Let me fix this light. I had that turned away from me for whatever reason. We are good now. Okay, what's up? Uh, let's see. I see Justin Langford, Sam Napier, Matt, Cocky Twan, Travi, Gad, John Ebercombe, Connor McCormish, Todd Smith, Cody Gaskins. Also, guys, in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. we got a packed show, a lot to get into. Really excited to chat with you all. We are taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. What's going on? Robert Jolly. What's up, man? What's up? You guys would be shocked if you knew how often, by the way, I played beat the clock. Like, I, I will wake up. I'm not going to go through my entire morning routine, but I will wake up, make content, cut up clips, whatever, get the podcast out, get whatever <clears throat> graphics out we want to get out. But I will go right up against the clock, like be showering, getting ready, like 11.50, getting after it. Um, so anyways, though, we make it work. We always make it work. We're always here at noon. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. I thank you all for always being here at noon. Really exciting stuff, by the way. We dropped our weekly lineup for guests that all five of these guests will be joining us each and every single day um, on their days, their slots, whatever. Uh, the start of game week. Uh, obviously, we've already got some guys who are joining the show on a weekly basis, guys like Steven Garcia. Uh, Jake Crane's going to join us on uh, Friday. J.C. Sherbert will be here tomorrow. So, really, really exciting stuff. Marion R. says it's time for a latte yet. I don't know, my guy. Have you a latte? Go ahead. Never a bad time for a latte. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, as I think they say, right? Um, also, guys, big podcast today, as you see the cap. Uh, we concluded the 2022 opponent preview series as we broke down Clem Sucks. We broke down Clem Sucks. Also, guys, I give you the latest and my thoughts from fall camp, everything that's being reported, everything that's going on, um, just my overall thoughts, takeaways on what we are hearing thus far from Gamecocks fall camp. Um, Chase Floyd, my guy John, what's going on? Cheers to you. Cheers. Very excited to chat with you all today. Very excited to chat with you all. Really exciting stuff. We also had a great call this morning, business call on the merchandise side of things. And I want to shout out my guy, John, because he's tuned in. And I was thinking about him this morning um, because John, I don't remember exactly when we had this conversation. Maybe it was sometime last year, but he predicted the merchandise, uh, I'll, I'll say blowing up in a way. And, uh, you know, he was sort of one of the ones that even put the idea in my head of like, you know, you, you know, you keep going, merchandise could be like your number one revenue driver. And I'd have to sit down, I will sit down and do the numbers for 2022 at the end of the year, whatever. <clears throat> but while we may not be quite there, we're really, really close. So it's really cool, John. It's, it's awesome to see, man. I appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate everything. Um, Coach Ford says, need to paint the wall behind you. Gray. Coach Ford, this is the temporary setup. I, I don't know exactly, I don't know what I want to do in here yet. I, 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 I love this studio. I love this studio. We've got a bookshelf, but it just doesn't, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't quite hit like the old bookshelf did. 
I mean, we've got a lot of cool stuff in here. Like this is a, this is an awesome, awesome venue to do this this show and create content and everything else. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're just we're playing around with the setup, Coach Ford. But yeah, I, I think painting the room. I, you know, I'll tell you this. I love. I don't know if you guys saw it. I love what uh, Jeff O'Hara, Cox by Ninety. I love what he did with uh, with his Cox by Ninety house, painting the the walls garnet. I think that looks really cool. Like I thought that looked really really cool. So. Um, I think it'd be cool to paint this room garnet, to be honest with you. John, cheers, my friend. Appreciate you. Again, guys, we are taking your questions, your comments, your calls. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, Stephanie Lee, what's up? <clears throat> also, guys, I'll say, as you see, I'm rocking the merch, obviously, like every other day. We're rocking the merch. Um, I'll tell you, we are sitting here 24 days away from kickoff, right? Just over three weeks, okay? If you want to guarantee that you will have your merchandise, whether it be Beamer Rattler, whether it be Beamer Ball, hey, maybe it's to hell with Georgia. It's something else. Your your Beamer Ball towel, you want to ensure you have it for kickoff. Guys, I tell you to go ahead and order it now. Hey, I know a lot of you probably get paid on the 15th. Order it then. Because I would probably say... The 20th, if if you order it past the 20th, I I cannot guarantee that you will have by kickoff delivery, and I do not want people getting upset at me if you don't have it by kickoff. So why wait around? Go ahead, get your merch today, TSUS.store. Go ahead and get that taken care of, and you will have it when the Gamecocks play Georgia State. Also, guys, of course, the Daily Curve brought to you by our friends over at Carolina Alehouse. Be sure to check out your local Carolina Alehouse location they got over 65 beers on tap, great food, great people, tons of TVs, by the way, tons of TVs. You can catch Gamecock sporting events, any other sporting events. It's the place to go. Again, check out your local Carolina Alehouse location. I'm really excited for tomorrow as we will be at Carolina Alehouse Fort Mill. Uh, I know many of you have confirmed you are coming. Should be a really, really good time. All my Charlotte Gamecocks, where are you at? Holler at me. Hope my guy John. John, you better be there, John. You better be there, John. Yeah, we'll be at Carolina Alehouse, Fort Mill. Really looking forward to it. Um, should be a great time. We'll get everything going at 6 o'clock. We'll do a little Q&A around 7 or 7.30, something like that. We'll have the koozies for sale. We'll have the towels for sale on hand. Um, so should be another great night, guys. So, again, we'd love to have you out there. Again, Carolina Alehouse in Fort Mill. That'll be our stop tomorrow as the TSUS Tour continues. Brian Dean. Here we go. Let's jump into the questions. He says, I was on the Feinbaum show yesterday and told him South Carolina will win the SEC East. I got faith. Three bottles of Fireball. Yeah, I uh, I hear you, my guy. I hear you. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, again, I, I will say this. I will say this. I love the hope, the optimism, the faith, the dreams, and the aspirations. That's how you know we're 24 days from kick. Because it's, it's funny, it's like, when you start in the preseason, right, when you start in the preseason, or the offseason, if you will, back in like May, right, or right after the spring game, whatever, the expectations I feel like are pretty realistic, right? People are pretty grounded. They're not, uh, you know, people aren't letting their, their, their dreams run wild, if you will, right? They're, they're keeping everything in perspective, but as each month passes in the offseason, right, it's almost like the win totals, the win totals. What is this guy talking about? 
like this guy texted me three degrees more three more degrees would be awesome and then says less bro i don't know what you're talking about anyways it's like when you start out in the off season the expectations are pretty realistic and as each month passes the win the win predictions increase by like one you know what i mean it's like yeah we're, we're, we'll, we'll go six and six and then, and then you get to june oh seven and five i think then you get to july well you know what i think eight and four could happen and then you get to August, it's like nine and three, ten and two. We're winning the East. It's like, dude, I understand you're excited. I understand we're fired up, but it's just like try to. It's talking season. It's talking season. I would say this too. <clears throat> this is how I operate, and I know I talked about it yesterday. Some I talked about it on the podcast. I say take everything out of fall camp with a grain of salt. The, the number one goal for fall camps, just don't get hurt. Just do not get hurt. Because this is best shape of your life season. I mean, have you guys, guys, have you ever heard of in, in any sport, a team going through, you know, preseason camp or spring training? It doesn't matter what sport it is. And then being like, oh, I think we're going to be an okay team this year. I, I, you know, actually, I, I don't know. I, I think we'll probably go about 500. Like, nobody's ever said that. Like, and you're never going to hear that. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not telling you to not be excited. I'm just saying, me personally, the way I attack it, I I just, I take it with a grain of salt. I take it with a grain of salt. I do. For example, Brian Dean's making my point. Brian Dean's saying, Rattler said our receiving room is just as good, if not better, than what he had at OU. Again, Brian, I just I take it with a grain of salt, man. I'm sorry. I just like, I mean, I know he's gonna hype the guys up and pump them up, and everybody's great. And, and you know, Amari and Brown, God, please listen to Amar- Amari and Brown's media availability that dropped yesterday on YouTube because he's like, man, it's it's amazing. Receiver room's amazing. He probably said the word amazing like 70 times in that interview. I'm like, bro, find a different adjective. But, you know, again, whatever it is, what it is, it's just part of the preseason. It's, you know, again, it's best shape of your life season. Everybody's great. Everybody's wonderful. Hey, guys, here's the reality. Nobody's dropped a pass. Nobody's fumbled a football. Nobody's missed an assignment. Nobody's lost a game. So. Braddock says, James had us ready to run through a wall yesterday. Yeah, and then I, I woke up this morning and said, I, I, I just, I woke up this morning, I tweeted this. I said, even after everything yesterday, even after everything, I just cannot believe. Like, I respect all predictions and projections, but I, I think picking South Carolina to win 10 games this year is, is just fairy tale la la land. I, I really do. I, I think it is living in, in fairy tale la la land. It's It's a fallacy. It's fairy dust what's the the wolf of wall street thing it's it's just it's just it's just you're not living in reality i just i just don't think you're living in reality if you're picking south gunner to win 10 football games this year it's just it's insane to me like like literally there is a there is a room saved for you at the looney bin i I, i'm sorry i just i just if i listen if i really thought we had top to bottom the talent to go win 10 games i'd pick it no doubt. I mean, dude, if I'd have been doing if I'd have been doing this back in 11, 12, 13, I would have been picking Carolina to win 10 games because they had those kind of teams. You had teams that were good enough to do so. Because guys, here's the thing. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. 
I'll just say this. And Slim Rock, then go pick Carolina to go 12-0. Put your predictions out there on Twitter, and I'll retweet them. Okay? Because that's what I say. If you're going to pick Carolina to go 10-2, and go all out and pick them to go 12-0. and But let me, let me say this. <clears throat> Is South Carolina's best game, their A game, in this 2022 season, is it good enough to beat Georgia? Is it good enough to beat Clemson? And is it good enough to beat Texas A&M? Is it good enough to beat every team they play on their schedule? Yeah, I think it is. I think if Carolina plays their A game, they're good enough to pull an upset in one of them three I just mentioned. They're good enough to shock the college football world, defy the odds, and do something they're not expected to do. Here's where you lose me, though, when you start talking about nine wins, ten wins, God forbid. It is not a realistic expectation or even prediction to say that South Carolina is going to play their A game every single week. Because that's the difference. Right? South Carolina would have to play their A game practically every week to go 10-2. and Practically every single week. Because I'll tell you this, guys. In games, hey, listen, that week three game against Georgia, that game against A&M, dare I say, that game against Clemson, if those three teams play their A game, it doesn't matter how well we play. We will not beat them. They have too much talent. They've got far more talent than us. I, I just, it's it's not realistic to expect that we're going to play our A game on a weekend, week-out basis. When have we ever shown that type of consistency? I'm not saying we don't have that potential. We're going to have some good games. We're going to, ha- I really believe that. Spencer Rattler's going to have a game or two this year. I've told you guys that I think he's going to put the team on his back and win the football game. But we're going to have some dog shit games like we just are. It's, you you just cannot think Carolina's going to go through this whole season and not have a game where you say, God, it just didn't click today. It wasn't our day. It just wasn't our day. It's just hard for me to wrap my brain around it. I, I see you, Brian Dean, in the comments. Yes, Pat. Hey, that's another thing. Patchwork offensive line. Brian, it's the same patchwork offensive line back this year. What are you talking about? It's the same line. It's literally the same people. Everybody's just kind of throw like brushing that and throwing that to the side because nobody wants to talk offensive line. And I get it. But it's literally the same players. The entire two deep is the same. So tell me why the O-line is going to be better. I understand that Atkins is healthy now and it's second year in the system. And I think Rattler being a consistent guy in her center will help. But that's okay. Listen, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk my talk as I do, and and I'll, I'm I'm picked at eight and four, and I feel like eight and four is an optimistic prediction. I, I really do. I think most likely this is a seven and five football team. I think it's most likely a seven and five football team. Now, Akaki Twan, I'm not a battered fan. I'm just realistic. I, I'm just realistic. 
I, I can I can look at a Tennessee and tip my cap and give them credit. I can look at Georgia and tip my cap and give them credit. I can even look at Kentucky and tip my cap and give them credit. So it's just like we added players. Like like I said, I really do believe our A-plus game this year will be a very good – it will be – like this year's team would have kicked last year's team at, team's ass. Our A game this year will be very good. But it's just unrealistic to expect this team is going to play their best game week in, week out. There's going to be games like week two at Arkansas. The matchup's not good. Guys, the matchup doesn't play in our favor. Well, look who we got back on the defensive line. I know what Beamer's saying at D-tackle. Why are we going to be better stopping the run? What is going to make this defense better at stopping the run? It's practically the same players back up front. And the linebackers are still an eyesore, in my opinion. Like, like what, what is going to make us stop the run? That is a real question mark. And I'm sorry, but hope and dreams and la-la land and, and just, that's not a solution. That's not a reason for me to be optimistic. Like, that's still a very much a question mark. I'm not saying, like, don't be excited, don't be optimistic. That's not what I'm saying. Guys, I picked eight and four and picked a win over Clem Sucks. What more do you want from me? And then you got people asking me, Chris, like, you got to be the hype man. I have literally created merchandise with Shane Beamer's name on it and Spencer Rattler's name on it. What more do you want? I'm not going to be the guy, guys, that picks us to go 12 and 0. Like, I'm not doing it. That's that's just setting so such improper expectations. I'm not gonna change. I, I mean, I'm just not. I I I I revert the combo to this actually, but I, I change. Let's change the combo to this. All this talk we've had the last 24 hours. What do you do if Carolina goes six and six? Because some of you, some of you out there, if something happens, if 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 the year, the ball doesn't bounce our way. Because, guys, there's just as good a chance we have a nightmare season as there is we have a dream season, right? There's two sides. There's a yin and a yang. So, everything clicking. It's a magical year. Rattler throws for 50 touchdowns. We go 10-2 and two and 11-1 and one to win the East. What if we go 6-6? Six and Because six? there's an opposite side of the spectrum. What do you do? What is the reaction? If you go six and six, because it's possible. I'd argue six and six is more likely than 10 and two. I'll be totally honest with you. I think six and six is more likely than 10 and two. I, I really do. I, I really do. I think seven and five, again, I understand why it's the safe pick because people look at seven and five. You go through this schedule and you pick seven and five and you say, South Carolina is going to be improved, they're not going to be great. They're not going to be terrible. They'll be, you know, just kind of right there. They'll be a solid football team. I mean, guys, Tennessee last year scored 40 points per game and went 7-6. and six. I, I know their defense wasn't worth a damn. But, like, they scored 40 points per game and went 7-5 and five in the regular season. Now listen, to, to Robert Myers' point, he says, if you're not okay with six and six, 
your expectation is not centered. Let me say this. I would not be happy with six and six, Robert. I, I would not be thrilled with six and six. I don't think any of us should be thrilled. Nobody should throw a parade over it. Nobody should throw a parade for six and six. But, I, but I'm just saying to act like 10 wins is, is our birthright and we've done it four times in our entire history. And I understand, again, the past doesn't dictate the future. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, everybody else got better, too. Like, the past does help us. It is a good indicator of trends. Trends matter. Guys, you think trends don't matter? Like, the fact we've beaten Vandy, what, 13 in a row? That 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 plays into that series. You think the fact we haven't won since 2012 in Lexington, Kentucky doesn't matter in that series for this game this year? Like, you know, it, it, it's not everything, but it matters. It matters. Joseph says that was a dumb take. I, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you survive today, my guy. I don't I don't want to ruin your Wednesday. I really don't. Anyways, I, that's not my pick. I picked Carolina to go eight and four. I'm just saying six and six is more likely than ten and two. I'm sorry, it, it is, it is. Hey, I've I, I put a tattoo on the line, my guy, so cheers to it. I'd love to have Beamer Ball tatted on my ass. I'd love nothing more. It'd be a great story. And again, guys, y'all want to win 10 games. Why? Why do you want to win 10 games? Because you're a Gamecock fan, right? You bleed garnet and black. <laughs> you want bragging rights over your buddies, right? We all do. We, we all relate in that way. But if you think I don't want to win 10 games, I got a vested interest in winning 10 games, bro. I promise you. I promise. I promise you, man. Hey, winning 10 games would damn near be a life changer for me. So I want us to win 10 games. Trust me. Trust me. I want us to win them all. Uh, Corey Bridges, you think a win over Clemson is more likely than a win at Arkansas? Why? And is this, let's see. I'm trying to figure out, is this Corey Bridges, the former wide receiver, or is this a different guy? I'm thinking this is a different guy. Well, Corey, I've picked a win over Clemson. I think you got to look at where the game falls in the schedule. I think you got to look at the matchup. Um... I also think, listen, Corey, since when has college football just made sense? You know what I mean? Since when has college football made sense? Um, that is a streak that I think, listen, we'll talk about the Clemson game because we, we broke down Clemson. Let's talk about both those. I have picked a loss to Arkansas 31-24. to I, I think it's a toss-up. I really do. I think it's a great football game. I think it's close. I don't think fans should come out of that ball game mailing it on the season or, or, I just don't think extremes should be drawn from week two either way. It's an important game. I mean, there's no question, guys. It's an important game. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you ah, it doesn't matter. It does. It does. Especially the way you play in the game. Right? The way you play is important. I've got a close loss. 
And one of my greatest reasons is this. I don't like the matchup on the line of scrimmage, right? There's still question marks. There are still question marks when it comes to stopping the run. Arkansas has four or five players back on the line of scrimmage, and they got a quarterback in K.J. Jefferson who is a dual threat who can beat you in multiple ways. Since when, since when are we an above-average defense against a quarterback who can run and can throw and an offense that can run the football? I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't like the matchup. I just don't like, are things clicking for this offense that early? I don't know. I don't know that they are. So when it comes to the Clemson game, I think you have the better quarterback in the game. By then, obviously, guys, the last game of the season. I sure sure as hell hope you're clicking. Um, I think defensively you'll have enough. I, I just, until Clemson can find a quarterback, I, I don't I don't believe in them as a as a playoff threat. They got a playoff caliber defense. They got probably the best defensive line in excuse me in college football. But uh, you know, I I, I think that uh, if the Gamecocks can hold their own in the offensive line, if they can hold their own in the line of scrimmage and against Clemson, I, I I don't see any reason why the Gamecocks can't win that game. I don't see any reason why they can't win it. <clears throat> Ryan, I, I think we're not I think we're not comparing the same two things when we're talking about North Carolina and Arkansas. This is see and I and I love this. I love this. Joseph said, obviously I don't really know anything going on in house, but the vibe I get is dudes want to compete now. <clears throat> they want to be good. For instance, Leggett, Brooks, and Brown, I'm sure, are busting their ass every day. Joseph, do you really think guys didn't want to be good prior? I, I mean, I, <laughs> I I love the culture too, man. But it's like I feel like we're 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 grasping at straws. Like we're we're trying we're taking shit too far when we start talking about well, the players just care more now. Like, come on, man. Like, really? That's why we're gonna pick Carolina to win nine or ten games because they just care more. Well, that's it. Our guys care more than Georgia's guys. Do they? Really? Really, do they? There ain't no college athlete that don't want to win, Joseph. There ain't no college athlete that shows up and don't bust their ass. Everybody wants to get to the league. Let's jump to the Brian Lattimore. Brian Lattimore, what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Oh, not much. Just wanted to comment on this – discussion you're having about you know people saying 10 and 2 whatever <clears throat> you know you talk about the transitive poverty a lot and how it doesn't apply here you know you, you really look back at last season and I could think of three plays specifically they could have really turned the tide of the game you know and, and you look at a seven and six season with the bowl wind that really could have turned into a four and eight season just like that three plays you know you go back and you look at East Carolina we won by a field goal you know, you miss that field goal, you go into overtime. I'm not exactly sure we win that game. You know, we we pulled it out at the end, but it didn't look promising. You know, that's a team we should have beat, but it did not look good. <clears throat> then I think about, you know, we get the Mike Bobo special at, at Auburn. You know, they had the fourth down play where, you know, they decided to throw the ball downfield for whatever stupid reason. You know, if they just have a better play call there, I don't. I don't think we, we could have did anything to stop them there. I think that was literally the one play that allowed us to win that game. And then what was the other one? Uh, 
crap. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The, the there was Florida another, game? Another play. <clears throat> or the no, Florida was Troy? Crap out of Florida. Troy, maybe? No, Mandy? Troy. Mandy? Mandy. It was Mandy, yeah. yep. So, you know, obviously, Zeb Nolan comes in at the end of the game. They go down the field. And, you know, we win the play, you know, throwing the touchdown. I think it was Xavier Leggett that you know, catches in the, in the end zone. God, we should have lost that game. I mean, those three plays right there specifically, you know, you don't convert any of those three plays. A seven and six season goes to four and eight real quick. So people forget about that. Obviously, we're, we're however many months removed, eight months removed from the season now. And they just look at the record last year like we were some kind of great team. Now, obviously, we've improved in pretty much every facet. You know, I like to think so. You know, maybe there's a couple position units. Maybe we're about status quo. But I don't think we've gotten specifically worse in a lot of areas. So there's optimism, right? But that optimism doesn't necessarily mean that 7-6 and six record is going to drastically improve to 10-2. And, two. and you know, I was thinking about a statistic. You know, you think about the big three on our schedule. You, know, you think about a Georgia, a Texas A&M, and a Clemson. Now, I'm not even going to talk about Kentucky. I'm not even going to talk about Tennessee. All those swing games, you know, a 10 and 2 season makes, you know, basically says that every swing game on your schedule, you're going to find a way to win. I don't know how many times we've had good teams. You know, even our 11 and 2 seasons, we couldn't win all the swing games. Hell, we dropped to far inferior teams. So to think we're going to beat every swing game on our schedule, sure, it can happen, but it's not realistic. You know, the stars have to align. But I go back to those big three that we have had, you know, historical troubles with. Last season, we got outscored 114 to 27 in those three games. <clears throat> yeah, it's not good. So we think we think the changes that we made over this year are going to drastically, you know, they're just going to magically fix that problem. I mean, did Texas A&M get, you know, some kind of crazy worse than what they were? I don't think so. They just pulled in like 17, four, you know, five-star players this fast recruiting cycle, you know, that they're still recruiting at a crazy high level. They're still going to be just as good as they have been any other year, you know, maybe a step back, but I still don't think we're on their level. Georgia. I don't even need to talk about Georgia. They just won a national championship. Sure. They lost some players, but hell, they've been recruiting the best in the nation. You know, they're right there on the Alabama level with their recruiting every year. And then Clemson doesn't matter what happens with Clemson. You know, we just, God, we got to go to their place. Sure, they might have quarterback troubles, but it's the last game of the season. I mean, DJ might go out there and play a few games of the season, get benched, and this Cade, Cade Austin, or whatever the hell his name is, he might come in and be the next Trevor Lawrence. We don't know. Hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of question marks around Clemson. You know, I can understand why there might be some optimism. Maybe this is the year that we break that streak. But there's far too many unknowns for people to be so high on a 10-2 and two season right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost want to, you know, and I hate to say this because I'm, I'll read off all predictions. Um, I, I, I'm giving way too much attention to the ten and two picks, man, because I, I just think it's, I it just, again, I, I don't want to say what I'm going to say because it kind of goes against my, I respect all predictions, I do, but it's just my opinion, so I'll say, like, I just think you're crazy. I think you're crazy if you're picking ten wins. I, I think you're literally insane. Like, I don't know how a human being with a working functioning brain can pick this team to go 10 and 2 or or worse set the expectations at that you know i, I mean it's just to me it, I, like you said the transitive property doesn't work so you traded out a a reeling auburn 
for an up-and-coming Arkansas, which it, for some reason feels like we always works out. We're playing the up-and-comers from the West. You know, you mentioned Georgia, A&M, Clemson. Tennessee's on the rise. You haven't been able to beat Kentucky worth a shit over the last decade. Uh, you've lost three straight to Mizzou. I expect to win, but you've lost three straight to Mizzou. Um, who else am I forgetting? Uh, for, for, you know, I think Florida, what's scary Florida. about Florida is people are just kicking that in as a dub when I think Florida still has talent. Um, so to, to, to act like it's it's – to act like there's so many just guaranteed W's on the schedule to me is wild. Like you said, man, it's like you got to break down this schedule and think about to go 10 and 2, which again, I shouldn't even be bringing it up or giving any any real attention to, it, but to think about it, to to do that. To even go 9 and 3, you'd have to win every swing game on the schedule. It's just and listen, miracles happen. Miracle seasons happen. We've seen Auburn do it. We've seen others do it. But to predict a miracle to me is too far. It's just too much. I've picked eight and four. I think it's a very optimistic prediction. I really do. I think it's a very optimistic prediction. Um, I feel like, you know, listen, I'm excited. I'm fired up. But I won't, I won't allow myself to, to live in a fantasy land. I, the game st- – listen, here's the, here's the reality. And if you really want to know, number one reason why it won't happen is this. The game still comes down to the line of scrimmage. And on a week-in, week-out basis in the SEC, we are not good enough up front to win more than eight games. We're, not, we're just not. We're not. There will be games this year where we get exposed at the line of scrimmage yet again. And that's it is what it is. That's why we're recruiting the Great Wall of Carolina. Those guys are coming in to help. Reinforcements are on the way, but they're not here yet. They're not here yet. So... I'm not saying that the O-line won't be better. I'm not saying that the run defense won't be better. But are they good enough on a week-in, week-out basis to do some of the things that people are asking them to do? I don't think so. And if they're going to prove me wrong, so be it. I'd love nothing more. But when you're making, I think, what people misunderstand. I see a lot of people that make predictions off of hope, off of dreams, off of their garnet and black blood, off their garnet glasses. That's how they make predictions. And they feel like, if they predict a certain record, that it will happen. They speak it into existence. I make predictions based off known commodities. I make prediction, predictions based off statistics. I make predictions based off of trends. I make predictions based off of realities. I just don't know how else to do it, you know? So, again, my approach to the yeah. season, expect 7-5, and five, hope for 8-4, and four, and be pleasantly surprised if you get anything beyond that. Because it is just year two. And like you mentioned last year, transitive property is bullshit. Doesn't matter. This team went seven and six, which was a great year one. It was a great year one. Winning the bowl game was fantastic. But it also, I think, made people forget how bad we were at times last year. We got shut out 30 to fucking nothing against Clemson. We should have lost to Vandy. I think we probably should have lost to East Carolina. Beat Troy by single digits. Those things happened. Like, they did. And it's okay. Like, we went went seven and six. But, like, if you're going to look at all the positives, you also have to look at all the negatives. And you're a culmination of somewhere of all those things in between. So, this season, it's going to be just like any other. There's going to be some high moments. And there's going to be some low moments. The difference is, when you're talking about a 10 and 2 and 11 and 1, Georgia's low moments are a lot higher than ours. You see what I'm saying? Their floor is a lot higher than us because of the guys, the way they've recruited. 
So they can get away with playing their C game and still winning. We can't. We need to play our best, especially when we're playing Georgia A&M Clemson, especially when we're playing Tennessee. Like, we can't get away with playing our C game. So I understand. I, I know it's hard for some to compute that, like, well, we won seven last year with X, Y, Z. We should win 10 this year. It just doesn't work that way, though. Rosters change, right? Schedules change. Coaches change. Scenarios change. Dynamics of teams change. Everything changes. Like, last year doesn't matter when it comes to, like, that transitive property stuff. It just doesn't matter. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I don't feel like I am. I picked this to go eight and four. People, like, that's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. I'm just going to close it on that. It's unhealthy. And, like, my guy yesterday that called in, listen, I respect the hell out of it, and I, and I love his optimism. I hope his predictions come true. But what I don't like is if you're making people feel like they're negative or they're pessimistic or they're loser mentality because they're picking eight and four, that's not healthy, bro. That's toxic. That's actually toxic. That's what that is. That's toxic. Like, you, you shouldn't be making yeah, people feel like it's a loser mentality for, for picking eight and four. Like, like, that is a toxic mindset. You are a toxic fan if you are doing that. I'm, I'm sorry. That, you almost read my mind. That's exactly how I felt when I was when I was listening to that call yesterday. Like, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised when I was listening to that call yesterday. You know, I thought dude was crazy by saying, you know, we should go ten and two. But this guy knew his stuff. You know, he knew his facts. Right. You know, he was able to bring evidence to the table. He was able to back his argument. You know, that's stuff that I respect. So, you know, whenever a fan thinks that we should go ten and two and they could bring that stuff to the table, I can get behind it. You can you can make that kind of prediction. And I'll give you, you know, your your fair credit for, you know, for knowing your stuff behind it and being able to present it properly. But yeah, what you said exactly is is how I feel. You know, you shouldn't bash others for having a different outlook, though. You know, just because we can see the negatives and you only choose to see the positives doesn't necessarily mean that we're, you know, we're just stupid. You know, for for picking eight and four. Yeah, you know, I just. That's kind of how I feel about it. You know, everybody has their predictions, how they think the season's going to go. There's nothing wrong with optimism. There's nothing wrong with pessimism. You know, you just got to find a way to, to somewhere fit in the middle, you know, because that's what it comes down to. Reality is going to hit come, you know, August 30th or whatever, you know, whatever the day, the day of the first game is. Realism is going to hit. And we're going to stop, you know, talking about it. And they're going to go on the field. And we're going to really see, you know, what, what this football team is made of. And what the other football teams that we're facing are made of. So that's the big thing that a lot of people forget, too, is a lot of the teams on our schedule are getting getting better. You know, I, I, I would make the claim that there's more teams on our schedule that got better from last year to this year than they did worse. So, you know, it's not like we're facing a down Tennessee team or a down Kentucky team. You know, you could argue that maybe Florida's down, but I think even Florida, you know, is going to make a is going to make a good jump this year from last year. So in the swamp, you know, what are the down in, teams in, on our in the swamp? In the swamp. So what are the down teams on our schedule? Two out of our three non-conference, maybe a Vandy, maybe a Mizzou. Who else? I think every other team on our schedule, you could argue, got better, and are going to be a tough challenge. You, know, you don't bring your A game, you could lose any of those eight games. So, just kind of where I stand. Hey, I think it's well said, man. And, and, I, and again, I think it just needs to be reinforced that nobody on this show 
is trying to kill positivity or or kill optimism. Quite the opposite. I love the hype. Hey, hype sells T-shirts. I'll just go ahead and say that. I'm, I'm, I'll keep it a buck. <laughs> hype sells merch, right? I love the hype. But I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, like, just, just, I, I, I just think it's not healthy to set your hopes at ten wins, and then we, we go eight and four, and you're disappointed in that season when it's like we had a really good year, man. Like, I, I don't know why you're eight and four is a fun year. I mean, I've, how would those people feel about me saying that? I think realistic expectations for the South Carolina football program are on a year in year out basis over the course of a decade to average eight and four. Am I a loser for yeah. saying that? But you have to great. take into account what Carolina's done historically. This is a program that's won – they've won 22 more games than they've lost in the history of the program. That's not positive. That's not negative. That's a fact. It's just a fact. I, I didn't do that. You didn't do that. Nobody in this chat did that. We have no control over that. It's just a fact. So, yeah, going eight and four – would be oh, like averaging that over the course of a decade. I mean, it'd be the best decade in Carolina football history, and it wouldn't even be remotely close. So you just perspective's yep. important. I think perspective is important. That's that's the greatest thing I can say. Perspective is important. That's all we're trying to do is just give perspective. Nobody's saying they don't. Everybody in this chat wants to win. They want to go fifteen and zero. We all want to go fifteen and zero. But perspective is important. Hey, guess what? DGD's in this chat too. He's a Georgia fan. You don't think they, they you think they don't want to go 15 and 0? Like everybody wants to go 15 and 0 then. You know? Right. But it's all about perspective. You got to keep it real. Well, I'm going to leave you with one more one more quick note and I'll I'll let, let you off of here. But, you know, you bring up perspective. Here's a little uh, perspective for you. You know, the whole year we go rushing, rushing, rushing until football season. Well, I don't know if people realize this, but we have less than 3 weeks left of talking season. So, Enjoy what we have of talking season to the best of your ability. Let's enjoy it, you know, the rest of the time before the season because the season will be here before we know it. The season will be over before we know it. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's enjoy the garnet glasses while we can. Realism was going to hit. And let's hope the 10 and 2 happens. Mm -hmm. I'll catch you next time, Chris. Ryan, appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Let's jump into some of these questions real quick. Um, Carolina Titan says, O-line was bad last year, but go back two years. They paved the way for Harris. In year two, the O-line didn't have any excuses. should be improved. Carolina Titan, I look at 2020. I look at 2021. The O-line will be improved. I don't think they're going to be 2020 paving the way for a 1,000-yard rusher. They were also horrific pass blocking. Uh, you didn't bring that up. Uh, last year, they were terrible. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. I don't think the line will be what it was last year, but I don't think the line will be elite either. Mark Regal, aren't you? are you private on Twitter, by the way? I haven't seen you reply in a while. I feel like you're you're private on Twitter. He said, did Spencer Rattler have a sub-bar, subpar year last year? Well, he got benched, but when you look at the statistics, they were far better than anybody on our roster. Um, Mark says, he's praising Rattler, who also had a subpar season, same as the O-line did in 2021. Mm, I think the O-line had a worse season. He said, both the O-line and Rattler had good years in 2020, which again, okay. Uh, Mark, Rattler's allowed to bounce back and have hype and merch, but the you are you mad about the merch, my guy? You want O-line merch? He says, O-line will duplicate last season. Nah, man, it ain't making sense. Mark, you're comparing. Let me, let me, let me, let me. I, I love this argument. You're comparing Spencer Rattler, who has a first-round NFL draft type of ceiling, has that type of potential. There's some guys on our line, Mark Regal, that are just limited. They're just limited talent-wise. That's not even coming from me. That's coming from people within the building. 
We just there, there's some guys I think are just limited talent wise. Um, that's it. So listen, I think the O line is going to be better. I, there's no way I'd be picking eight and four if I didn't think the line was going to be better. There's just no way. They're not going to be. We're not going to pave the way for a thousand yard rusher this year, though. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. I, I think it's and, and Daddy O. We could just spend all day talking about this, but you talk about the O-line regressing from 20 to 21. I will say, we I think you kind of have to give credit to in 2020, though, that it was a weird year because of COVID, teams not being able to practice, physicality, whatever. Like, just, it was a strange year. Right? It was a strange year. Um, again, the O-line will be improved. The question is just how much. How much will they be improved? But... Trying to compare, why do I think Spencer, why am I hyping up Spencer Rattler? And why am I not hyping up the O-line? Again, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty optimistic on the O-line, all things considering, my guy. I just, I mean, the O-line will be improved. I don't think they're going to be elite. This isn't a top half of the league offensive line. And again, I think that comes back to more so we are limited with some of the players. I mean, there's a reason we're recruiting the guys we are. I'm also not proclaiming that Rattler's going to go win the Heisman or anything. I just think he's going to play well. Only time will tell. Guys, the conversation is is hot yet again. I want to continue continue to hear from you, if I can spit it out. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. We had a missed call over the break, so if you'd like to call back in, we'd love to hear from you. Michael Brock, giving me crap for taking a five-minute break, man. I, I mean, <clears throat> we, we, we go 45 straight minutes, and I can't get a five-minute break, my guy. Is that is that where we're at now? I, I feel a pipe down slap dick in your future, Michael Brock. Uh, Todd, the next time that Shane Beamer will speak to the media will be on Saturday after the Gamecock scrimmage, their first scrimmage of the fall. Here we go. Let's jump to the phone line. Call from... I'm Madrid, Cochran. Hi. To accept, press 1 to send a voicemail. Yo, what's up? How are you? Hey. What's up? Hey, um, I have a question about, um, basketball. Okay, go ahead. Uh, do you think that that besides Gigi Jackson this season will bring us to another Final Four or even higher? I hope so. I, I just want to make the postseason. But, uh, no, listen, I mean, adding Gigi, uh, I think we got one more slot to to add another player. I mean, he can't do it all himself, but uh, I, I think it's at least getting us closer. I, I don't know if a Final Four – I mean, a lot of things have to break our way and happen, you know, obviously to go on a run like that. But uh, – I mean, yeah, you get a guy like Gigi, you just you never know, you know, you never know what could happen. And uh, again, I I'd, I'd just like to start with getting to the postseason, but uh, no, it it definitely puts a it's a new dynamic in the basketball season, right? You just never know when you have a guy that caliber. Uh, all of a sudden, expectations change. So um, I, I don't know if it'll be Final Four this year, but hopefully, you know, it obviously serves as a huge win for Lamont Paris, and it'll change. It'll change recruiting for you, and and hopefully, you know, from there, it, it changes the uh, 
you know, the, the results as well, getting you back closer at least to that final four. Cause I know that was obviously one of the best memories, you know, many of us have as Gamecock fans. So hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to call and ask. No, for sure. Hey, I, I appreciate the question. I'm excited for basketball season two and excited to watch Gigi and this entire team. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for the, for the Lamont Paris era as well. I, I appreciate the question, my man. Thank you so much for calling him. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff. How about that? Love that. Great question. Great question. Yeah, we're all excited for basketball. It's 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 fun to get a basketball question in the midst of, um, you know, all the football talk, football banter, what have you. Um, again, let me just say this. Let me just say this, guys. I – I'm excited for the season. I'm not letting myself get to the 10-win type of prediction, but I've got 8-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in SEC play. I've got the Gamecocks beating Clemson. Um, I'm excited. And, and listen, I, I say this at all the tour events, and I will say this right here on these airwaves. If you're excited, good. You should be. You should be excited. You should be excited. You're a Gamecock football fan. You should be, right? You should be very excited for what's happening in Columbia. So, babes and waves. Do you like the Rattler merch line? I don't know if you're talking to – oh, are you talking about Spencer Rattler, specifically his merch line? Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, I don't have any of my own, but I think it's cool. Chris Miller says, Chris, how torn were you picking 7-5 and five or 8-4? and four? Uh, I don't know if I was torn. I don't know if torn's the right word, but I was a little surprised with myself because I, I, I sort of – all throughout the preseason, people, you know, people have been asking me, you know, how do you think Carolina's going to do? And I would kind of just said the same thing, deflected. Like, I think we're about a 7-5 and five team. Everybody been picking seven and five, and I just kind of went through and, I, you know, I went into it blank slate, like, okay, I'm just going to see my gut feeling, how I feel in these games. And so I didn't expect to pick us to beat Clemson. You know, I really didn't. And I just got to that game, and I was like, I don't know why, but it just feels right, and I'm writing down a W. So, um, that, but that's where I see us, a seven and five or an eight and four team, some, somewhere around there. We're going to fall somewhere in the six, to, six and six to eight and four range. That's, that's, I think that's the type of football team you have. I think that's the type of football team you have. Um, Michael, what are the advantages with our coaching staff in terms of experience and productivity on offensive defense production stack up with the rest? I mean, I think we've got a lot of great coaches, man. So, I think we've got a lot of great coaches. Braden, headed to Fayetteville. Love that. I got some buddies that are headed out there as well, man. That'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun one for sure. That will be a fun one, man. South Carolina, Arkansas. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, our, our guy, Brett Cianci, a pick six previews who we had on the show today, uh, you know, he lists Arkansas as the most important game of the season for the Gamecocks, you know. So, it's – it's uh, and funny enough, we already posted the clip, but I asked him, hey, what does Carolina need to do to overachieve this year? He said, well, offensive line play. I mean, it's, it's that simple, folks. If that offensive line – if that offensive line is improved, you know, can play well, Opens up a lot of possibilities. Brendan Hyder, any away games you're going to this year? No, we'll be throwing the watch parties with Carolina Alehouse. I will not be going to any road games. Nope, we've got the partnership with Alehouse. We will be at all the different Alehouse locations throwing watch parties for those road games. Brendan, so I will not be traveling to any road games. No. Dennis James, what do you think Joyner's role will be in the offense? Play more wide receiver or really be coming in more for the Wildcats? I, I think he'll play receiver. I think there will be packages for him as well at quarterback. I, you know, I uh, I just wonder how many reps he's going to get. I, I just wonder how much he's going to touch the football because the guys you've added 
at the receiver position, I mean, listen, I don't think Dak Joyner's a great receiver. I don't think he's a starting receiver for you. Um, so realistically, I mean, it, I, I think, guys, there might be weeks, there might be games where Dak Joyner just doesn't touch it. I mean, I, I just – because, again, there's one football. There's one football, and there's a number of guys who need to touch it, right? There's a number of guys who need to touch it. So, um, you know, how, how, how involved does Joyner get? I think you got to pick and choose your spots. So, Joseph says, we will learn a lot more about this team watching this ESPNU series. I almost feel like kickoff comes early for us this year. Joseph, do you think we're going to learn about this team? I mean, I, you know, I'm excited for it either way. Will from Dirty Myrtle. Will, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on with you, bro? Dude, just hanging out, man. Chilling. What's up? I just wanted to uh, get your opinion on. I was quite shocked when I saw some of the practice observations from yesterday and how they had Brooks running with the first team. I was mildly surprised by that. Um, just just from the fact that he just got back with the team. And even when he was with the team, you know, the last couple of years, he hasn't exactly been very good. Right. Um, I know it was probably they're just rotating people in and out during, you know, the 11-on-11. The 11 11, but I was still quite surprised that he was running with the first team at any point. I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I take it all with a grain of salt in regards to, you know, who's running with the first team, what have you. I mean, it's just like the first time I feel like they've run 11-on-11. 11 11, so, I mean, I, I you know, listen, I was surprised Debo Williams was running with the first team linebacker. That 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 had me stunned. But, you know, yeah. I I, uh, I think they they put different guys in different spots. And, and uh, I mean, listen, may the best man win the job. If Jalen Brooks is the third best receiver, then so be it. You know what I mean? It, it ain't no guarantee Corey Rucker is going to be a starter. It ain't no guarantee – it ain't even guarantee Antoine Wells would be a star. Like, everybody's got to win a job. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I just want the best guys yeah. to play. A lot of guys are going to rotate. I, you know, again, I, I'm not saying I – obviously, I pay attention to fall camp, obviously. But I don't put an immense amount of stock into it. Um, I don't put immense, an, an immense amount of stock into it. You know what I mean? Again, you just sort of take it with a grain yeah. of salt um, and just sort of go from there. But – you know, yeah, it was and, interesting. And I mean, Brooks, Brooks – Yeah, I mean, Brooks is obviously – I mean, the biggest thing, he's still in football shape. He's obviously in good enough football shape to, you know, be getting those reps. You know, you just think being away for so long, you know, would that drop off, but I guess it happened. Yeah, and it just – because, you know, I was excited about him a couple of years ago when he came in because of the speed and the being able to stretch the field, but it just seems like he always dropped the ball in those big situations. Um, So, hopefully that doesn't – you know, carry over to this year. Maybe he's, he's going to do a little different. Also, I saw Mo Cobble was working at that linebacker one spot too. Um, but they might have just been rotating people in. I mean, you know, they're going to see who plays where or whatever. But just uh, you know, we're we're looking at everything to get anything right now for Gamecock fans. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, everybody everybody's diving into everything probably way too deeply, uh, which which is fine. Right. Which is fine. I'm I'm doing the exact same thing. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're trying out multiple guys. And, I mean, there will be more practice reports, right? There will be more. There might be maybe today. Yeah. There might be a different first team or whatever, which will probably confuse people yep. even further. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll find out September the 3rd, man. It's just, you know, it's uh, it's coming soon. But, yeah, I, I did think that was that was interesting also. So, Also, add one more thing real quick. <clears throat> I'm sure you know, but to anybody listening, ESPNU at 7 o'clock tonight has the South Carolina Hard Knocks type of uh, show going on. So, tune in 
sure that'll be pretty entertaining as well. Yeah, I'm excited. But, I'm, uh, I'm I'm very excited to watch yeah. that. We're I think me and me and a buddy of mine we're gonna sit and smoke a cigar and and watch and enjoy. So and I, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Just something yeah. else, something else yeah. to build the hype. Like we like we need any more of it. Yeah. So. Hey man, I love it when the lights bright on us, bro. It's That's it. Good. But uh, I'll hop off over here, man. Later, bro. Will I appreciate it, man? Thanks so much for the call. No, I'm excited, man. I'm very excited to watch the, uh, what is it, Welcome Home South kind of football thing on ESPNU. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, anything, and again, anything to shine the light on, anything to shine the light on South kind of football, I, I think is great. It's great for recruiting. It's great for the program. It's great for fans. It's great for all of us. Um, yeah, Joseph, I, I get the point you're making, Joseph. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. You want to continue to bring in really, really good players. I just, if I'm projecting how much of a role will a guy like Dak Joyner have, I honestly, I don't, I don't think it's a, a major role. Call from Robbie Davis, a.k.a. Kirk Street. There we go. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Uh, first off, I'm going back to the whole Joyner thing, okay, what you were just talking about, all right? Now, I am not saying that he is a horrible athlete, okay? The, the man is an, is an athlete, okay? There's no denying that that, that that Joyner is an athlete, okay? And, but I just feel like, and I agree with you because he's not that great of a receiver, okay? He's not. But again, no disrespect, he is an athlete, but he's just not a great receiver. Do I think there are ways we can get him the football? Yes. By doing wildcat and just doing something off the wall crazy that no one's expecting us to do. Yes, we can find ways to get him the ball, get him in open space, because he has the ability to make people miss. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am curious to see how they how they find different ways to utilize Joiner because he there is no denying that he is an athlete, right? Like I said, but you, we've got to figure out what because and also like you said, there's so many there's only so many receivers, okay. And you can't make everybody happy, all right? There's going to be times where people are going to be mad because they ain't getting the ball enough. Well, maybe in, in a specific situation, you weren't open, but somebody else was, right? Some, if somebody's getting double covered, somebody's open, right? Hmm. Somebody is somewhere wide open because somebody's being double covered, okay? But – We've got, we've got, I, think, I think this coaching staff will figure out ways to try to make everybody happy. And I, would think, and I, and I, do, I do believe they'll figure out a way to get Joyner involved on offense, even though, yes, he's not that great of a receiver. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you, saw, <clears throat> you saw his athleticism in the bowl game. I mean, the guy's obviously – Right. athlete um again i just think the greatest challenge for sat and you know what could hurt joiner i guess whatever but there's one football and you got a lot of guys that need to touch it i mean you got if you just want to go down the list i mean you got all your running backs and lloyd juju beal smith 
You've got at receiver right. Van Wells, Rucker, Jalen Brooks, Xavier Leggett, Amarian Brown. Then you got Jaheim Bell. Then you got Austin Stogner. Where does where does Dak fit into all that? I mean, listen, I think he could catch fifteen balls for you, but you just don't. He's just not. He's not going to be utilized as a weapon on the outside because I, I just don't think he's going to get a lot of reps. I don't think he's he's not a starting receiver, mm-hmm. right? So, right. I think the majority of, I mean, again, he'll play some receiver, no doubt, but I think the majority of what Dak, the value, I don't think the value he brings to this team is at the receiver position. I think the value he brings to this team, this offense, is a change of pace at quarterback. I think if there is a yeah. is a scenario, a matchup to where he can come in and throw in a wrinkle, be a gadget quarterback, but beyond that, he's not an every down receiver. He's obviously not an every down quarterback. You know, he's he's right. If he, you know, I think if on Joiner scores five touchdowns this year, it, it's a great season for him. And I'm talking about in any capacity, any position. If he can score five touchdowns, he had a great year. Yeah. <clears throat> If it, I, I, I completely agree. And, again, it's if not a knock on him. It's just we have other options. Right. We just have other options. Right, exactly. It's not a knock on him. It's just that's, that's just how you feel. That's how I feel. Person, and, and, and no <clears> knock <throat> on him, right? Like, because, right. yeah, there's a difference between being – I'm not going back to the whole quarterback <laughs> thing. There's a difference between being a starting quarterback in high school and a starting quarterback in college, there's a major difference, okay? And he is he's just not that great of a college quarterback. He, he wasn't. Do I feel like he kind of got snubbed a little bit, though? Yes. But he's just not that great of a college quarterback. Some people just... Some people are meant to be high school quarterbacks and not college quarterbacks. It's like, that's, that's, that's the way. That's the way. That's the, that's just the way it is. You may be a great athlete in high, like even with any any position, you may be a great athlete in high school. But whenever you get to college, you're playing against guys that are just as good, if not better, than you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just how it is. Robbie, changing gears. You get, if you, if, Robbie, changing gears a little bit. I, did I hear correctly yesterday that you played high school football? Is that right? Uh, I did not play high school, oh. but I did play little league. What position did you play? I was the water boy from my brother's high school. Hmm. What position did you play? Uh, I played um, <clears throat> one year for little league. I played center for my dad's team. And my brother Chandler was the quarterback, and then the then like a year, then the following year, I played defensive tackle. Love that. I was just curious. But as far as high school goes, my brothers played high school ball, but I had the most important job on the team. I was the water boy. I had to make sure they was hydrated, or that they was going to die from dehydration. It was fun because I got because I got to go to the games for free. I got to eat with the team before we traveled for away games. It was fun. 
Very good. I was just curious. I didn't mean to throw you off. I was just, I was just curious. No, you could, you could, you could. But yeah, that, that was that was a fun five. But um, but yeah, that's just how I feel, right? And 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 also, even though yes, we have like what, three, four months until then, all right, till basketball. But I do believe if say say for some reason, say for some reason, right, GT Jackson stays till his junior or even senior year, right? Okay. Just, just, just go with me on this, okay? If we can somehow put the correct pieces that we need to put the, the right pieces around GT that are athletic enough to do their jobs and are willing to do what it takes to get better, I think, I think, I think we can shock some people in about a do some great things in about a year or three. Robbie, Robbie, you you do understand there's negative 100% Gigi Jackson's here longer than a year, correct? Right. I know. He he literally chose South Carolina so he could reclassify and go to the draft. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying hypothetically if that was to happen. Right, right, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know he's gonna only be here for a year. Yeah, I know he's most likely just gonna be here for a year, same as Rattler. If he's here, if Rattler's here for longer than a year, then we didn't do something right. Same with Gigi Jackson. Yeah, for sure. No, it's it, it's fun to play the hypothetical but, game. It is. Yeah, I was just you know speaking hypothetically. I wasn't mm, being right, serious. Right. But and I I just I'm starting to get the I'm starting to get the football itch because I literally watched for some reason I was bored so I was like you know what I'm gonna watch a Carolina game on YouTube so screw it I watched half of the South Carolina Crimson game from 2011 and then I went to sleep. <laughs> But uh, I'm starting to get the football itch. Got a couple more weeks, and then we start the daggum college season cranks up. Man, I'm 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 so ready. And I will be watching the uh, welcome home thing tonight. You will be watching it. Oh yeah, I will be. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So, yeah, and uh, that that's about it. That's all I got. Robbie, I appreciate the call as always, my friend. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you, buddy. All right, you have a great one, okay? All right, man. Sounds good. You too. Take care. Great stuff. Great stuff as always from Robbie Davis. Let's see. Uh, guys, on my Charlotte Gamecock. Hope to see y'all at Fort Mill. Carolina Ale House Fort Mill tomorrow. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, everything get rolling at 6 o'clock. We'll do our Q&A around 7 or 7.30. Um, <clears throat> Joseph said, talking about Gigi Jackson possibly coming back after one season, says maybe a change of heart after he sees how passionate our fans are. Yeah, Joseph, I'm sure the passion of Gamecock fans will make him turn down NBA money. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he, he's <laughs> – that passion – 
is great, but it ain't quite money in his pocket. Maybe NIL. Maybe they can throw in the most absurd NIL deal ever, and he'll he'll stick around for another season or two in Columbia. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Billy Thompson, I know you've left this question like three times, so I apologize for not getting to it. Do you think if we're a consistent 7-9 and nine win year in team in year seven of Beamer, is his job security safe? Now, we might have differing answers on this. Uh, I think yes. I think it should be yes. I think it absolutely should be yes. Now, again, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors and, and you know what's happened the seven years or the six years leading up to it. But my friend, if we are again, if we're winning between seven and nine games, and that's what we're doing on an average year in year out basis, h- how could South Carolina ever like I? What would have to happen for us to get to a point where we are dissatisfied with going eight and four? Like, like, you know what I mean? I mean, if we just went eight and four every year, at some point that would happen. But South Carolina, you're telling me, is going to fire a coach that does that on a year-in, year-out basis that averages that mark? I, I just that 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 to me sounds. Crazy. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I think that uh, Beamer, 1,000%, his job security will be safe. Yes. Yes. I mean, listen, at some point there will come a day where you say, okay, you know, are you the guy to get us to the next, next level? But uh, that's how you build tradition, guys. That, that's how you change your program, right? Look at how Kentucky's viewed now, right? Kentucky, the way they're viewed now, it didn't happen overnight. It's because over the past five, six, seven years, They've put together quality seasons, right? They've won four straight bowl games. Like, it's it's not like a five-year thing. That's what I'm saying, guys. It's like everybody wanting to put ten, a 10-win label on year two. Bro, we're in this, for, in my opinion, for the long haul. We're, we're in this for the long haul. This isn't like, well, you didn't get us to 10 wins or a national title in five years. You're gone. It's like, Dude, I think you have to walk before you can run. So if Shane Beamer can get us to a point where we're an eight and four, an eight win per year program on average, like I said, over the course of a decade, that's a great mark. And then and then from there, like you, you, if you do that, you've built a standard and a tradition of that's a very good football program. That's a great program. That's a program that is right there. So it just it doesn't happen overnight, man. It doesn't happen overnight. You got to allow Beamer to build. I, I think we will do that. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick break, but I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well, 843-790-3377. I want to say this, by the way. I don't feel like I have to, but I just will. You guys know it's all love, right? Like, 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 like when, we're, when we're having banter, right? It's all love. It's, it's never personal. Um, I love it. I, I love the fact that you guys are so strong in your opinions and you call in and we debate them. That's the point of this show. So I just want to make it clear, right? Even if we disagree, it's, it's never personal. I, I don't feel like I should have to say that, but you just never know. So I, I want to make that clear. I love you guys. I, I love it. Listen, keep them coming. Keep the heat coming. 
The last thing I want is to come on this show and everybody, you're right, you're right, you're right, I agree. I So even people like Cocky Twan, Brian Dean, guys I give hell, I love it. It's what makes this fun. The beauties and the banter, I, I like that's why I say that. I mean that when I say that, the beauties and the banter. Uh, again, guys, taking your questions, comments, calls. Great podcast dropped this morning. My good friend Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Previews, he jumped on the show. Also, guys, we concluded, right, we concluded the opponent preview series. We talked, Clem sucks. And I could really summarize the show in this way. <clears throat> Fuck Clemson. That's basically it. That's all you got to know. That's it. Notable. <laughs> Did you guys see the notable alumni graphic? Deshaun Watson and Dick Carp. <laughs> I had some fun with them folks today. I had some fun with them folks today. Deshaun Watson and Dick Harpoodlin, two of the uh two of the uh the, the notable alumni. That's 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 uh yeah, so but yeah, we talked about that, and uh, you know, as I said before, as I said before, um you know, streaks are meant to be broken, right? And and it's and it's it's about time South kind of played Clemson close, right? It's been a while, but I'm not picking the Gamecocks to play Clemson close. I'm picking the Gamecocks to go into Memorial Stadium, the fake Death Valley, and to whoop that ass. So that's it. There you go. That's it. If only there was a crayon-eating, goat-fucking Clemson account that could actually give me a, a, a valid, a, or give me a, a real fight, you know? The, the the best account Clemson has right now on Twitter is Shadow of Death Valley. That's it. And the guy's anonymous. He's anonymous. They don't even have like a real, like, who is the, let me ask you this. Not that you guys would know, but I'm like, who is the top Clemson personality? Like, I could go back and forth with. There's that Walt Slapdick radio guy, I guess that looks like a literal, like, troll. He, he looks like a fake account on Twitter. Like, like his picture and shit don't even look real. Clemson Tom is, like, Clemson Tom was cool in, like, 2011. He don't even do anything anymore. Um, the only ones I've seen are, like, Clutch Sports Clemson that has, like, 2,000 followers and is anonymous. And Shadow of Death Valley, who's also anonymous. Outside of that, like, I'd love a, a Clemson account to go back, a Clemson guy, Clemson personality to go back and forth with. They could be great for the rivalry, be healthy. But, it's I mean, it's not shocking to me that there's nobody that pulls for them that's smart enough to create an entity and have a show and just do anything with that and have the have – the, you think it'd be really easy, too, because they've won seven in a row, but no, nobody's done it. I don't know. Nobody's done it. Either way. I've never heard of Pigskin Pete before. I've never heard of that guy. Um, Robbie Davis texting him. Robbie Davis texting him. Says, I wanted to ask, because I forgot to ask this while on air, but who do you think on the defensive side of the ball could be a vocal leader? Here, here's Hold on. Here, here's Robbie's question. Who do you think on the defensive side of the ball could be a vocal leader, but also a quiet leader and lead by example on the defensive side of the ball? 
That is a roller coaster of a question, my guy. Um, I'll read it one more time. Who do you think on the defensive side of the ball could be a vocal leader, but also a quiet leader and leads by example on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, <laughs> Robbie's got my brain in a blender right now. Uh, Cam Smith, Zach Pickens, Mo Cabba at line, Sherrod Green. Uh, let's see. I am excited for some Carolina football, Joseph. Yes. Rebecca, what's up? What's going on? You know, T.A. says Garcia murdered Clemson Tom in a chugging competition. Haven't seen from him since. Yeah. Again, I, I mean, dude, I remember watching Clemson Tom. I remember when Clemson Tom lost the bet in 2013. He had to stand outside of Williams-Brice Stadium. Like, I recall watching Clemson Tom. But he literally hasn't been relevant since, like, 2013. Like, which, I mean, listen, no ill will. Like, he, he did a good job, funny, you know, whatever. Good for the rivalry, the back and forth, the banter. Guy just doesn't do it anymore. He's just, he's retired practically. Like, he just does not do shit anymore. Um, but anyways, great podcast this morning, guys. I'm really, I'm really excited because as much fun as the opponent previews were now, now, starting on Friday, we dive into the position unit previews. Position previews. Talking quarterbacks on Friday's show. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Joseph, I, th- I think the reason Clemson Tom fell off, though, is he just he got older, got kids. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the guy, but whatever. I mean, I, I wish him well. I don't wish him ill will. I just, I wish, I do selfishly wish there was a Clemson guy for like us to go back and forth with like I don't I don't really feel like there is you know <clears throat> and what's what's so much fun is my my buddy Mark Ryan posed the question he asked me about um oh my god here we go Reynolds just call in my guy just call in Reynolds just tagged me in a tweet which Twitter for Android. That is your first L you're taking. No offense to any of my Android folks out there, but whatever. Team iPhone, Team Apple. Um, He said, just heard the Spurs Up show say that if Beamer averages seven to nine wins over the next seven seasons, he should still be our coach in year eight. If this doesn't epitomize the Carolina loser mentality, I don't know what does. Expect better, Gamecock fans. You deserve it. And listen, I'll just say this. To James Reynolds, I love your passion. I love that you want to see Carolina be the best it can be. But you are reaching the level of you are a toxic fan. You're, you're not – this is – what you are doing is not productive. It's toxic. It's toxic. Setting unrealistic expectations and then chastising others for not sharing your unrealistic expectations, it's not healthy. It's toxic. It is. It's toxic. James, I, I, I would agree with you if, if this was Alabama. I would agree with you if this was Georgia. I would agree with you if this was Oklahoma. This is South Carolina. 
If Shane Beamer averaged eight and four over the course of a decade, because hey, I hope is he tuned in? I, I comment, say something. I hope he's tuned in. If he's listening, I hope he's tuned in. Okay. Because this is what I would say. I don't know if he's ever heard me say this. These, in my opinion, are the realistic expectations. Right now, this can change, right? But right now, this would be, this is a great goal, I think, for Gamecocks football to shoot for. Over the course of a decade, you average eight wins per season. Every, let's say, three to four years, you either have the right quarterback, the schedule breaks in your favor, you've got a veteran team, what have you. Things work your way to where you realistically can win 10, maybe 11 games, challenge for the SEC East, and challenge for an SEC championship. You're telling me, when you look at the history of Carolina football, you're telling me that shooting for that, trying to get to that level, that is a loser mentality. That's what you're telling me. You're saying that would be, that's a loser mentality to say, this is a good goal for Carolina to shoot for. My friend, I know you want to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1, 12 and 0 every single year. You have to walk before you can run. You don't just say, well, I want to win 10 games or year, and it just poof, it just happens. It is a gradual build. So, yes, if, if Shane Beamer is going 8-4 and four in year 7, year 8, he, no, he should not be fired. No, he should not. Because at that point, he will be approaching. Guys, if Shane Beamer, if Shane Beamer just went 8-4 and four for the next nine straight seasons, he's the greatest coach in school history. He is the greatest coach in school history. And there's no debating it. There's no debating it. So, James, listen, I understand you have high expectations and you have high hopes for Gamecocks football. That's great. And I'm not saying, listen, Carolina couldn't get to that level at some point where winning less than double-digit games is a bad season. I'd love to get to that point. But you have to get to being an 8-4 and four program before you can get to being a 10-2 and two program, before you can get to being a 12-0 and 0 program, before you can get to being an elite. You, it just doesn't happen. You don't go from winning the Mayo Bowl to winning the SEC Championship. It just doesn't happen. That does not happen. Again, that's fantasy land. That's fairy tale. That's la-la. That's fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Stop setting yourself up for heartache and misery and stop dragging people down with you and being a toxic fan and making people feel like they have a loser mentality for setting realistic expectations over something they have no control over other than showing up and spending their money, which Carolina fans have done for fucking ever and never gotten a return on their investment. So I think the fans and their mentality are the last people we should be going after. Because guess what? 
I don't give a damn how many positive tweets you send out. I don't care how many games you pick Carolina to win. It doesn't matter how many I pick us to win. Nothing that we say matters. As long as you're not out here bashing recruits, obviously, on social media. Hey, we just saw that yesterday. As long as you're not doing that, though, tweets don't win football games. Predictions don't win football games. Projections don't win football games. None of that wins games. It don't matter what any of us say or do. It's up to Shane Beamer, the coaching staff, and them to go out and recruit, to build a culture, get the best possible players, put them in the best possible position to be successful, and then it's on the players to go win. That's it. We can't make a guy catch a pass. We can't make a quarterback throw a touchdown. We can't make an offensive lineman make a tackle. We can't do any of that. So, like, demonizing fans for showing up week after week after week and watching this team week after week after week. You know what? Maybe we should lay off Carolina fans that want to set realistic expectations and have watched this program waddle in mediocrity for over 100 years. Maybe they're the wrong people to go after James Reynolds. Maybe they're the wrong people to attack. Your toxicity is not helping. I, like, I respect your passion. I respect your optimism. But that's toxic, man. That's toxic. It is so toxic to say that you're a loser mentality if, you, if you're going to be happy with 8-4. and four. So, I, I, I just... I, I will never side. I will never side with attacking fans, bro. I just, I won't. I won't. Gamecock fans have done nothing but show up and show out. That's all they've done. South Carolina fans believing. Listen, I could sit here for the next 24 days. I could sit here for the next 24 days and tell you all, Carolina's going to go 12-0. It don't mean it's going to happen. Babes and Waves asked the question, as a fan, would you be happy with a 7-5 and five record? I'm saying 8-4 and four at least. I'd be, I'd be, I, I, listen, a lot of it's going to come down to how do you win games. So yeah, Babes and Waves, let's say you go 7-5. and five. Let's say you, you, you hit my predictions exactly, but you don't beat Clemson. I still think you had a quality year. I think you have to look at a, a, a season and take the small victories, right? So if you go 7-5, and five, you beat Kentucky on the road. You beat a Florida on the road. I think you had a good year. I think you had a solid season that you can build on. Seven and five, babes and waves with a chance to win an eighth in a bowl game. That's a quality season. I mean, for God's sake, it's year two. It's year two. Again, Shane Beamer's not on like a five-year window. He has to get it done. It's year two. You go seven and five. Chance to win an eighth. Let's say you win that bowl game. You go eight and five with a bowl win? Who's upset at that? Who's upset with that record? Because guess what? At seven and five and a bowl win, you can sell that to recruits. Hey, we're just a couple guys away. You do exactly what Steve Spurrier and them did. Hey, we're, we're a couple pieces. Just a couple pieces. Then a guy like Nicholas Harbor, he considers Carolina because he's like, I can go there. They're getting close to winning championships. They're getting close to even competing for them. Jadavion Clowney didn't come to Carolina because he just bled garnet and black. Guys, he came to Carolina because he saw the potential. He saw the potential of what the program could be. And, Brian, I don't give a figgity fuck how many games Will Muschamp won in year two. 
If that's the case, I hope we don't win nine. Because obviously it was bullshit. It was built off of a ridiculously rocky foundation. Like, let's please not dive into Will Muschamp bullshit. I hope you're not a Will Muschamp sympathizer. Like, please, bro. I had enough of a field day yesterday with all these these Will Muschamp supporter slap dicks on, on Twitter. Like, give me a break. Give me a break. The best Muschamp teams came with Spurrier's players. Like, what, what, like, who cares? That was a smoke and mirrors nine and four season. Look back at the stats if you don't believe me. That 2017 team probably should have lost to fucking Louisiana Tech. You want to tell me how good the 17 season was? Give me a break. I mean, thank God Michigan turned it over five times and we found a way to win the game. Again, it's why, guys, I posed the hypothetical earlier months ago, which, I, I mean, I love the passion because it's just crazy that we're, we're, like, having all these convos. But uh, it's why I posed the hypothetical months ago. I, and, and I'll, hey, I'll pose it again. Let, let's, let's, get a, let's get a temperature gauge. Let's get a temperature gauge. Xavier Hill says, not everything takes time, Chris. Everything can go right for us in a heartbeat. No, I think building a program takes time. Let, let's run this again. Let's just run this again. For those in the chat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the hypothetical. I'm going to go to a break. I'm going to let you guys flood the comments during the break. I'll give you one or two situations. There's two contracts in my hand. One of them, if you sign this dotted line, I'm guaranteeing you an eight and four season. Guarantee. I'm not going to tell you who you win, who you lose. I'm not going to tell you those things, but eight and four is guaranteed. Your second option, on this piece of paper, you roll the dice. So, hey, you might win more. You might go 10-2 and two, like Brian Dean is saying. But you might go 6-6. Six and six. You might go 7-5. and five. Are you rolling the dice? Or are you taking the 8-4 and four that I'm giving you? Guys, we're going to jump into one final break. The com- Like, this is how, bro... This is how you know football's around the corner. I, and I can't wait. If, if the Daily Crow is this fired up, if the Daily Crow is this electric, wait till game week. Wait till we actually get into the season. One more break, guys, but we're going to take more of your questions, comments, calls on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 15 minutes or so. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Guys, let me say this. Thank you all for making the Daily Crow. I mean, the Daily Crow has been electric this week. Would anybody disagree? The TDC has been electric this week. So I say thank you to you all. Um, I see a lot of your replies, by the way. Eight and four, you take eight. I, I was just curious. Listen, if you'd roll the dice, respect to you. Babes and waves, just roll the dice for 10 and two. I hear you. Um, and Zach Kaplan, he says, I just want our losses to be close. Consider that, consider that a great thing for forward progress as well, eight and four hundred percent. Zach, I agree with you. A lot of this season will come down to how you win, how you lose. Because again, some of you may balk at the at the prospect of seven and five. Oh my God, seven and five would just be a terrible year. But if you go seven and five, you blow out Georgia State, blow out Charlotte, blow out SC State, you beat the hell out of Vandy. You know, you win comfortably against Mizzou. Like, the way you win and lose is important, right? You play Georgia tight. You play Arkansas tight. You, 
you 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 beat a Kentucky, maybe let's say you 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 know what I'm saying? Like the way you play matters, right? I mean, would you rather? It's kind of like the, the the scenario, the hypothetical. Would you rather go eight and four, but get blown out in your four losses, or go seven and five, or even six and six, but all your losses are like a touchdown or less? I mean, what's going to show? What shows more progress in your opinion? You know what I mean? Anyways, um, a lot of you are asking about this. So I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way. The stuff that happened yesterday with, uh, was it, what was his name? Xavier McLeod or whatever, the recruit. Um, and, and I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I've met Freeman before in person. And I, and I, got, no, I got no beef with the guy. I got no ill will. got no, you know, bad blood or anything. I, I you know, I, I met him briefly, whatever. He operates the way he operates on social media. His business, I guess, not anymore because it looks like they don't even exist anymore. I would just say this. I would just say this, and this is coming from someone that's learned the hard way. Um, no matter how you feel about a certain recruit, whether you think they're hungry for attention or you think they're overrated or you think your school shouldn't go after them, just don't tweet it, recruits. Just just don't. Like, there's, there's a reason that these services like 24-7 – and rivals and on three and all of them, they don't make a living out of criticizing recruits, right? As we've talked about before, like every recruit is great. You know, every every three star is a diamond in the rough. Every four and five star is the next best thing. And it just has to be that way. That's just the dynamic of recruiting, guys, because it's just when you start going after and, and criticizing 16, 17, whatever year olds, even if it's fair, like, it's it's just not a good means of operation. And so even if you think those things, just keep them to yourself. Just keep them to yourself because these players want to go to schools that want them, that the the fan base embraces them. So, again, even if you've got thoughts and opinions of, oh, this guy's attention hungry or this guy's overrated or this guy's – even if you think that, what productive comes from it by you sharing that opinion publicly? Nothing. Nothing. It, it, it hurts chances to land that specific prospect. And if that prospect has been offered by our coaching staff and university, well, they deem him good enough to play football here. They deem him good enough to play at the University of South Carolina. So their opinion. And what they think of him obviously weighs more than what you think, right? So the bottom line being this, just don't tweet recruits. Just don't talk about recruits. Just don't. And again, take it from someone. I've had to learn the hard way, right? I've had to learn the hard way because I've been someone in the past before with the previous coaching staff that got frustrated by certain players who were signed. And I turned out to be mostly right, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's not a good look. So I, I would tell any young content creator or any anybody trying to create content or talk Gamecocks or whatever your lane might be, just even if you think it, man, sometimes it's just best to not say anything. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's best to just keep your mouth shut and uh, just keep it moving. You know what I mean? If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, the old saying, and it and applies well, and uh, 
It applies well here. Just don't tweet at recruits. That's it. Don't 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 post about recruits. And especially if you've got a public Discord where everything you say can and most likely will be used against you, maybe don't just say everything, right? I mean, that's honestly one of the reasons, guys. I mean, it's not that I'm saying anything that's over the top in the Big Cock Club Discord, but that's one of the reasons why I like and I prefer and I do have a private Discord. You cannot access it unless you join the Big Cock Club because there are a lot of trolls on social media. There are a lot of miserable people that want to cancel people and that want to ruin people's lives, right? They just, they do. And so they'll try to just use any little thing they can, or they just, even maybe that's taking it too far. They just want to make people's lives hell. They're miserable in their own life. So it's like, I don't want just every old Joe Blow to have access to this, you know? Not again that we're saying anything in the the Big Cock Club Discord that's like that outlandish, but I say things in the Big Cock Club Discord I, I don't say on Twitter. That's the whole point of the Discord. It is a private chat. It is, it is conversation that is not meant to leave that chat. Babes and Waves, shoot me a, uh, a DM. If you go to patreon.com slash bigcockclub, join there on Patreon, I can shoot you the link. I can shoot you the link. The link's also on that Patreon. If you scroll like all the way to the bottom, it's like the first post. But anyways, yeah. Um, you know, never, listen, I, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Um, uh, Social media came down on Freeman accordingly for what he said and what he did. And, and obviously it just it's it's a really shitty look when uh you know the recruit has that message pinned. And uh but I but I I, I was not watching that with like the you know like the popcorn gif, like, oh man, so because I, I've I've been put through the ringer on social media and it's not a good time. It's not fun. It's not fun. And I, uh, so I, I was just, you know, it was crazy to see the madness. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I, uh, I had a little bit of a different scope on it because again, I've been put through the ringer. I mean, I had literally when I, when I, when I said what I said about Jalen Brooks, when he got signed, I literally Mike Bobo tweeted on his account about me, like a screenshot of it. So, I mean, I, I've been put through the ringer, right. And, you know, I, I what, what surprised me, I think with the Freeman thing, not that I, I don't know if you guys care to hear. I guess we're just we're talking about it. I think what surprised me with the Freeman thing is that he just shut it all down. I mean, listen, listen. Yeah, you you got crushed on social media. Sometimes you just got to wear the L, say, hey, I made a mistake, and keep it moving. You know what I mean? Just keep it moving. But he didn't. So whatever. I mean, I wish the guy the best of luck in life or whatever, and I don't know if many of y'all or if any of y'all uh, cover – or 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 or, or uh, followed fifth quarter or went to them for any content, but you know, whatever. So, anyways, anyways, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Guys, Lynn Turner says you seem to have quite a few of those miserable people from other fan bases that frequently comment on TSUS posts. Well, you know why I think people do that, Lynn, is because we got a lot of positive things happening right now, and. Rival fan bases hate to see it. They don't like to see us be happy. They don't like to see us be positive. They don't like to see us excited. So they're going to do everything they can to try to demean that or, or, or throw shade on that, right? Right? And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. We're still, fi- <laughs> We're still fired up. We're still excited. 
I mean, listen, if you're you've been watching counter football and counter sports for years and you're still here, you can't you can't get rid of which which that's so funny, like with me, like they're, they're, you know, obviously like doing what I do, like we deal with troll accounts, right? Troll troll accounts. It it comes with the territory. I mean, you're just you're not doing what we do and putting out opinions, especially and, and without there being troll accounts. But it's funny because it's like it'll go in cycles. Like it's just it's not the same for the most part. It's not the same like trolls like for the past like five years. It's funny because I feel like these troll accounts will try to come at me and they'll just constantly tweet at me and constantly comment and like they think it's going to make me stop. And it almost seems like after a while, they just stop because they're like, this dude just will not quit. This dude just will not quit. Like he don't care what we say, what we bring up, what we do. And so eventually the trolls, they fade out of view, right? They just give up because it's like, dude, like you're, there's nothing you can do to stop me. Literally nothing. Whether it be content, business, merch, life, nothing. So, it's new trolls every day, bro. <laughs> new trolls every day, right? Anyways, anyway, that's sort of a, just a side. Here we go. Something the phone line. Call from Brian. There we go. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, Chris. Well, I just want you to know about. I, I was messing with you about Muscamp. I can't stand the guy, but. Oh, what you're, you're saying good. about eight and four season, but, but what you're saying about eight and four season, man, I would take that in a heartbeat. Because I mean, like you said, that expectations need to be real and need to be like kind of filtered, man. But we as fans, we get stoked when we hear something good about the team. We just, I think, like you said, we need to crawl before we can walk. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll say this too, by the way, and I appreciate you calling in. And like, like I told you, bro, it's all love. Like I love the banter. I just love to go back and forth. So I'm glad there's people that comment and disagree. And you know what I mean? It, it'd be a really boring show if we all just hold, held hands and sang "Kumbaya" every day and didn't disagree. <laughs> but I will say this: nine and three to me sounds crazy. Ten and two sounds crazy. But if if you're going to do something crazy this season, got to beat Arkansas. That's it. You got to beat Arkansas. I, I, yeah. That one, that one turns into a must-win if you're going to get to that level. It's just because I will well, say Arkansas is the biggest swing game. I've, I've said that, right? You win that one, yeah. Throw all the expectations and the predictions and all that out the window. Who knows? Who knows? That's that's the one to have. I, I watched your simulation on night, and I could not believe how close it was with Charlotte. Man, I was like, what? The game is stupid, man. The game, the game, did, did, the game I mean, is interesting, to say the least. <laughs> Especially when when you tried to change it to pass and we're we're running the option, I was like, "What?" Yeah, like last <laughs> last night hurt too. That was that was painful. But well, I, I just want to tell you, I appreciate your content. I appreciate your show, man, and I look forward to you being on here every day, man. Because man, it get, it get, it's getting closer and closer to the season. What twenty four days now? Yeah, man, I'm 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 pumped. I'm very pumped. All right, man. You have a good one, and thank you for all you do, brother. Yeah, Brian, I appreciate you calling in, my guy. Keep commenting. All right, great stuff. Yes. Awesome stuff. Brian Dean calling in, man. Love that. Love that. Travis Lee, you got blocked by you got blocked by uh by Frank Martin. Hmm, something. That's something else. Um Joseph, fifth quarter in USC talk, who always trying to shit on you. What goes around comes around. Nah, so fifth quarter actually followed me. I, for for a little bit. Freeman wasn't a fan of mine, I guess, whatever, but like he ended up following me at some point. I'm like I said, I met him in person. Bro, I, I don't I don't carry I like dude, there's not a person, believe it or not, 
there's not a person in, in the Gamecock circles, Gamecock social media, Gamecock content creators. There isn't a single one that I have a, a grudge against or beef with, I think, even. Like, I, dude, my focus is creating the best possible content I can, creating the best possible merch I can, running a business. Like, bro, I just I, – I don't have the mental capacity, the time, the energy to give towards – like fake beef, basically. You know what I mean? So I've jumped in a space with USC talk. Because, like, what's funny, what's funny, people will troll, they'll talk shit. Like, people within USC talk space, USC talk himself, they've talked shit. But it's like, you jump in the space with them, and it's like, they just see you're a dude, you're a Gamecock fan. It's like, bro, all, all that, like, all that shit on Twitter, it's just that. It's just, tw- Twitter's not real life. So, like, all that that bullshit, that talk, like, bro, it really wouldn't matter who it was. There's so many people that have trolled me that I, I could name them off right now. There's people that I know for a fact that don't like me that I could chop it up with them at a tailgate. Because at the end of the day, guys, we're all Gamecock fans. Like, like it doesn't matter how you feel about the way that I operate, the way I create content, some of the opinions I have. We all cheer for the same team. So when you when you keep that in perspective, and, and that is that is sort of the 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 thing that you keep at the top of your mind, all that other BS kind of fades away. You know, on Saturdays, we're all best friends. Either way, maybe some would disagree. Guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. We've hit 2 o'clock. And check out the podcast that dropped today. Great stuff. Updates from fall camp that you need to know. Uh, the opponent preview series wraps up talking about Clem sucks. Clem sucks. And a great conversation with my guy, Brett Ciantia of Pick 6 Previews. Really, really awesome stuff. Always appreciate Brett. Again, guys, I'll give him one last plug. Go get his magazine, Pick 6 Previews. Also, we've got our mini helmets for sale. My guy, Brett, helps us out with TSUS.store. You can check them out there. Those mini helmets are incredible. Guys, thank you all again so much for tuning in. Also, if you're listening on podcasts, thank you. Check out the Daily Crow podcast on iTunes, Spotify. It'll drop at 3 o'clock today. Hey. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Tune in tonight. South Carolina Football, welcome home on ESPNU. I might even do like a little post-documentary post video just to give my quick thoughts on it. You never know. Uh, guys, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.